but yeah, man, like, I don't know, man. Like, what else you want to talk about? You want to do these little short answer questions real quick? Yeah, you just uh, you give me a short, I do a question, you give me a short answer. Uh, favorite drink? Favorite drink? Like, any kind of drink? Yeah. What's your oh. favorite drink, man? Uh, Topo Chico. Topo Chico. That's my, sh- that's my shit right there, man. That's that's that Texas love right there before it got all burnt out. And I mean, they sell that shit for like three bucks out here, bro. Brand of, <laughs> your favorite brand of shoe? Uh, I'm going to say uh, Vans. Vans all day. Van? Yeah, Vans. Van. Uh, blunt or a bowl? What would you prefer? A blunt or a bowl? Yeah. <laughs> I was smoking blunts, man. If, like when I was smoking, I only smoked blunts. Um, Dutch yeah. masters, Dutch masters, no backwards, no swishers, no joints. <laughs> Every light one up for me. <laughs> um, overrated ingredient, you think? Truffle oil and uh, oh, can I say two of them? Yeah. Uh, truffle oil and caviar. Oh shit, I, I agree with caviar. Truffle oil, I don't know. I don't it's fake though. <laughs> if you weren't a chef, what would you be doing? Um, I've always thought about being a writer. Like, oh, like shit. yeah, write like just writing about anything. Just like, uh, yeah, contributing to like some type of publication that I like. Um, just you know, current events, like what's going on in neighborhoods. Not so much food, but yeah, that, I think that's what I see myself doing. Uh, didn't expect that favorite city you, you've lived in oh my favorite city uh, my favorite city is gonna have to be um, yeah I like I talk a lot of shit about it but my favorite city is gonna be San Antonio man like there's something yeah there's something about it man like that whole like that uh, big city that big city but the small town vibe like <laughs> One of the things I got told there was like, you love San Anto, it'll love you back. And ev- like from everyone, like whether it be cooks or like just like random people, everybody's been super chill. There's not really like that hot headedness going on out there. I love the, I just love the environment. Um, I love the South, man. Like, <laughs> like. Yeah, that's what's going to be. I love it too. Last meal before you die, if you knew you were about to die. Cheese sticks. Cheese sticks and marinara. Awesome. <laughs> marinara, brother. Yeah, That's a good one, honestly. That's my, one of my favorites right there, cheese sticks. <laughs> bio, Dougie. Like a... You know, like uh, about you, how you came to be a chef, and like where you're at now, kind of thing, real quick. Um, well, first and foremost, my name is Andrew Rodriguez. Um, I'm from Oceanside, California. Um, that's Northern Cali, or Northern Cali. That's Northern County, San Diego. Um, originally, um, I mean, I grew up. I grew up in the hood, so like, I was always involved, like around, just like. Um, I was involved in a couple things. I've never been affiliated or anything, but uh, one of the things I was always hyped on was uh, graffiti. So I did a lot of graffiti growing up, and um, 
And uh, I guess, I guess, I mean, it's just all about, I guess it's just the art. Um, got really involved with graffiti, um, got caught up for graffiti. Um, and then when I finally found an opportunity to get out, um, I moved to LA um, to, uh, this is probably like 2010, 2011. Um, moved to LA just to, uh, I moved up here to pursue tattooing. Um, but unfortunately, some some things went down and I uh, ended up breaking my wrist. And um, one of my buddies was, uh, he was offering like a way to uh, help me rehabilitate my hand. So um, he offered me a spot into a kitchen and, um, you know, like most people, they start off as dishes, as dishwashers, but um, I mean, <laughs> I ended up, I ended up doing prep like right off the bat and like I did some dish, but like I never did dishes like for like a year or two, like most people will. Yeah. And um, it like originally I never, I never seen myself as a chef. I always, um, I've always been picky, like never like just certain things I always just like burgers straight up like no pickles no onions shit like that um, <laughs> you weren't even adventurous and shit never never like I would never eat some weird shit and then um an opportunity came up for me to go to Seattle and um I I moved up to Seattle around 2004 or 2013 and um I ended up in a kitchen in a really great kitchen uh, called Miller's Guild and um we were doing a lot of wood fire and molecular gastronomy and I got thrown onto Saucier like right off the bat. Um, and I got my ass handed to me. And, but still at that point, like I never, I still wasn't, Oh, I'm going to be a chef. I was just doing it for a job. Um, you kind of and, found interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I de like it was after. So when I was at Miller's guild, I was there for about a year and um, I ended yeah. up getting let go because the chef came in off of a Coke bench. And um, he was checking all the sauces and everything. And um, I I half-assed some shit. Like, we used to do this crazy, like, we had to, like, um, poach our garlic and then roast our garlic just to get all the bitterness out. It was, oh, man, it was, like, one of the craziest ways to make aioli. And um, I, I needed aioli on the fly, so I just made some fucking aioli with raw garlic. And this guy, like yeah. I said, came in off a of Coke binge, was checking all the sauces, and he was not happy about it. And I got fired on the spot. Damn. Um, on the spot. And um, I remember, like, at that point, I was so bummed. Um, walked around. Like, I left work, and uh, I was so bummed and was just walking around Seattle. And uh, I ended up going to this spot called um, Big Mario's Pizza. And they do um, – it was so – it was pretty cool. It's like a, like a New York-style – like pizza place but they mm -hmm. sold um they they sold 40 ounces of mickey's so i got fucked up off of mickey's but um but this this dude came in um and we started chatting and uh he he happened to be a, a sous chef at this spot called sick and spruce um which is now closed and um he asked me if i was looking for a job and uh he's he he mentioned that they were opening up a new spot and um like he told me come stage. So I went to go stage and that place was sparked my interest. Um, Cause I mean, chef had a farm um, on an Island off of Seattle. And I mean, they, we would, um, we would do our own foraging. We would um, fabricate our own animals. And yeah. uh, that place was also wood fire. And I, there's, I just have a fascination with wood fire cooking and like, just like 
the primitive technique. I feel like a lot of uh, cats nowadays they don't they don't respect it a lot, and they feel like they just need to sous vide everything and pull shit out of bags. Um, yeah, just it, you know what I mean. Yeah, they don't they don't respect the classics, you know. Um, so um, I I remember, um, somebody had mentioned, well, you should move to San Antonio. And uh, <laughs> I was like, what the hell is in San Antonio? Like, I'd never been to Texas before. I'd never even had the interest to move to Texas. And um, so I started doing all this scoping and just, like, researching on all these spots. And um, there were two spots that I really wanted to work at, those being Kieran and Gwendolyn. And uh, I was like, dude, this spot right here. Like, I just remember, I remember Kieran, I wanted to work there because of all the charcuterie they were doing. And then mm-hmm. Gwendolyn, it was because of the way that Michael was talking. And I don't know if people aren't familiar with Michael Sohaki, like you better get familiarized with him because uh, that guy is a genius. And um, I I remember I, I bought a ticket to just go to San Antonio, just to go for a stage. And the first place that hit me up was Cured. And fresh off the plane, I went into Cured. And as soon as I walked in, I was like, oh, man, this fucking place is dirty. Like, it was so dirty in there. And, like, <laughs> like all the cooks just had shit on the floor. The line was dirty. Um, the back kitchen was dirty. And I was just like, yo, I, I don't come from this shit. Like, this is this is weird. Um, yeah, yeah. So I told this guy, hey, man, it's not going to work out. Uh, I think it was, like, an hour into the stash. And he, he had asked me, like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, it's just not going to work out, man. So, um. I only had two days in, in Texas and uh, I, I was asking around like, where's Gwendolyn at? Where's Gwendolyn at? So I was walking around. Um, I found Gwendolyn, but it happened to be close. So I was asking for the next spots and it happened to be like Steph and Bowers locations and um, which I also had heard good things about. Um, and uh, so, um, so I had staged, I had staged at a couple of those places. I also staged at Luke. And Luke, right off the bat, was like, yeah, you can, uh, you, you have a job if you want to move out here. So I flew back to Seattle, um, gave him notice. And at this point, I was running this restaurant in Seattle called Rue. Um, mm-hmm. We were top 10 brunch in Seattle. Um, and it was more like uh, French Creole. Um, right. Southern, it was like, yeah, it was Southern cooking. It was, it was really fun. It was a good time. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry? Makes sense. Yeah. The was, name, style, it makes yeah. sense. It was really fun. It was a good time, but uh, that place, um, I mean, they were bouncing checks. That was the first experience I've had with uh, with the restaurant bouncing checks. Um, I mean, even at this spot, um, I had a purveyor one day walk in and he started pulling all the milk off my shelves and I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? And he was like, well, you guys owe this this amount of money, so I can't, I can't leave this here. And yeah. so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Texas. So bought a, bought, I bought a ticket to Texas and I did a look and lease uh, one of the dumbest things I've ever done for an apartment did a look and lease at this spot and off of Austin highway um, because I, I was under the impression that I was going to get paid a certain amount but when I when I got to Luke they were like yeah you're, you're going to start off as a, as a saute cook and we, we start people off at $11 an hour and I was like oh shit man I have a $1,200 apartment um, <laughs> and it was it was bad man I mean I flew out there with about a, a grand on me. Um, and so while I was at Luke, um, I I remember after one of my shifts, I was walking down the river walk and I had seen, um, I seen Gwendolyn open and uh, yeah. Ian, Ian was standing outside. 
And um, so I, I walked in there and I just said, yo, like, I'm just looking, uh, are you guys taking stages? And um, he told me no and he turned me away, but he gave me his card and um, I just kept hitting him up, kept hitting him up. And I was like, hey man, I want to come in stage. I want to come in stage. And um, mm. fi finally got the opportunity to stage. And the day I met Michael, I will never forget what he told me the day I walked in. And it was, sure. um, there are three things you should always remember if you want to, if you want to succeed and it's um show up on time leave when you're finished and do your fucking job you do those three things and you have all your competition beat i will never forget that shit um, <laughs> so yeah man went in stage did the thing and you know i i met all y'all um and, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah um but uh at this time like i was i was still going through like a lot of uh i was going through some personal stuff i was i was abusing a lot of uh substances if if you will and um i i had to i had to take a trip back to san diego and just like calm my nerves and everything um yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah so i i kind of fucked up the gwendolyn thing um just because i uh, it was just the substances the substances were just like yeah it wasn't it wasn't a good thing and like also too like all the stress um i like because i moved out to texas with somebody and um after we broke up, I got stuck with this crazy, like, rent. And I had I known if I moved right down the street, I could have paid like six hundred bucks for like a doper studio. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's 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 definitely been a journey. Um, I mean, I I've been I've been in some pretty prestigious places. I've worked alongside some really great cooks. Um, yeah, man, freaking working next to you is good, man. Like you're talented. You know what oh. I mean? Oh man, no, bro! Like watching you, like I remember, like you're like I remember you were cleaning, you were cleaning something. I was like, damn, how do you do that shit? And you were just like, oh, well, I was a butcher in Austin, and like you were telling me all the places you worked, and I was like, dude, this fucking guy's fucking ill, man. Like, and like the squad we had at that time, like Q, Andreas, and everybody, like fucking killing it, man. Like, no, yeah, uh, everybody's super talented. Like everybody was fucking great. Everybody loved what they do or what they were doing, and um. I, I remember one, like, a couple particular moments at Gwendolyn, which were, like, w were pretty funny. Um, so, uh, we had a stage from Cured come, and he had a knife hanging, he had a paring knife uh, hanging off that table where he kept all the charcuterie pickles. Oh, and, shit, yeah. and we kept telling him, like, yo, you need to move that shit, you need to move that shit. And he didn't listen, and he knocked it over, and it fell all the way down, and then all we heard was, ow, downstairs, and we're like, oh, fuck. What the fuck was that? So we thought we thought this knife dropped into the dishwasher's bag. It was, and it was just a, it was just the handle like that cracked up. Thank God, but um, that was, that was pretty funny. And um, I remember I pissed off Michael once because uh, uh, people who don't know Gwendolyn or old school Gwendolyn, it was um, before they moved. Uh, there's no electro electrical equipment allowed, so. Yeah. All this shit that we're spoiled with, blenders and sous vides and everything, like um, even pasta, pasta makers, we everything was literally by hand. So people, when you say by hand, like it better be by hand. Um, but there was one moment where I was, I was just being a smart ass with Michael, and uh, I had asked him, I was like, "So chef, if we can't use electronic equipment, how can we have a digital scale?" And he told me, um, he he said it like this. I want you to reach into your fucking asshole and pull out the scale and build it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, dude, even Michael was a beast too, man. Like he would jump on the line. Um, 
like some of the gnarliest night skills I've ever seen in my life. Um, the way he spoke, the way he carried himself, it was um, definitely yeah. compared to like that way. Compared to like um, like spots in Seattle, like chefs that I work with, and even here in LA, um, I've never seen anybody work like that before. Like like Michael, um, which was which was weird because uh, San Antonio is still like up and coming, and um, it doesn't yeah. have as much going on like you know all these other major cities. But um, mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, I, for the small amount of time I was there, I learned I learned a lot. And even after I left and I went to go work for, like, Stefan Bowers, like, I remember just working with a lot of those cooks, and I was just like, man, these guys are just trash. Like, <laughs> like I, I no disrespect to anybody. Like, they'll probably kick my ass whenever I go back, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. They did, they did have some pretty talented cooks coming out of those kitchens, but um, I remember one time um, one of the cooks asked me um, where Gwendolyn was, and I was like, dude it's literally right around the corner from rebel like what do you fucking mean and Mm -hmm. um yeah and everybody would just call me gwendolyn just because of like my plating style and um just the way that i just the way i cooked and um i remember like our ice cream machine broke so i was like bitch get a bowl get a bowl and ice and just start fucking whipping that shit like keep Mm -hmm. like start churning bro um you have them more knowledge than they do mm mm-hmm and it was also too because I've been in other cities. Like I feel like a lot of cooks um, who were just stuck in San Antonio, they didn't know yeah. anything else. They you either work for um, you work for Dady, you work for Bowers, or you work in the Pearl. And hmm. I mean, Stefan Bowers now, like I guess he's changed up a lot, but like his his cooking style is pretty. It's pretty amazing. But like the the standards at the time weren't as high as like you know Gwendolyn and. Um, some of like the James Beard spots I've been work I've worked at, um, yeah. But um, yeah. I, my last spot in San Antonio was uh was Maverick, and oh, that's when, okay. yeah, Maverick. Um, what is that? It's Alamo off of Alamo in Southtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I and that's where I met Chef Chris Carlson, who is yeah. Chris Carlson's cool. Dude, that guy is gnarly. Like that guy is one of the gnarliest guys I've ever like. So. Between him and Michael, I I can say I can put the two the two together like they're like yin and yang. The Michael's more humble, a lot more lax. Chris Carlson's a motherfucker, but he works the line, breaks down with you, and that's another thing I've never seen that in the kitchen. I've always seen the yeah. chef work like if they work the line, they'll work the line with you, but they leave a big ass mess, and then you got to clean up their shit, put away all their shit. It's like, dude, yeah. uh, this sucks, and I get it, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, and after that, I just I wanted to um, I wanted to be closer to home, and yeah. um, so I started um, I started applying for places here in LA, and uh, I landed on a spot called Vespertine, and um, I, I I got the stage I staged, got the job offer, and uh, bought the same thing bought a ticket and just flew flew back and um, but when I was when I when I came back. I got an email saying, hey, we're going to retract the offer because um, I, I forgot what it was about. It was something stupid. Um, so there, so here I am again in L.A. just like, all right, so I have no job. I have like 400 bucks to my name. Um, and um, I was riding in an Uber and I met this. I met a chef in an Uber because like before COVID, you're allowed to do Uber pools out here. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if y'all have that out there, but it was pretty sick. It's like just like. Yeah, you can ride with like four people, no mass and everything is dope. Um, takes a little bit longer, but it's like half the cost and um, 
yeah, this this guy who happened to be a chef, he was looking for a sous chef, and he told me to come in stage and um, ended up staging for him, getting the job. Um, this place is now closed. Um, I can't I can't mention the name um, because of some legal issues. Uh, mm. And um, yeah, um, I was there for about a year, and um, I left to um, I need I just needed money. Um, so I started working consulting and R&D at this stupid fucking corporate office in one of these big buildings out here. And, <laughs> and it sucked, man. Like, I mean, we, we were doing R&D for one menu, but we were also doing catering. And like catering to me is like the, one of the most just like tedious tasks you can do. Like, I don't like if, if you're if you're an actual like cook cook who just like works the line and everything you don't want to do catering catering sucks it's just like you count everything everything has to look like buffet style and uh, it's yeah, not for completely me but different, completely different styles exactly exactly so I I left that job and got an offer at this spot that was called uh, Friedman's and this was like a Jewish American spot but we had we implemented a lot of French technique a lot of uh, Japanese techniques because um the chef the chef um to like that was that was his that was his style and um his daughter was Japanese so he, okay. he just yeah so he just tried to play homage to her and um yeah so Friedman's was really dope I mean I I was an exec sue there um all up until the shutdown and so when the shutdowns happened out here it was it was one of the gnarliest things because like I'd never gone through that before like I um yeah, nobody had it, man. It was it was the weirdest thing ever. Like, um, yeah. I remember walking in because so we were always busy for brunch. We always did like two hundred covers for brunch. And I remember the day that the the day of the shutdown, I walked in. There was two people in the restaurant, and I was like, yeah. "Yo, this is bad. Like, we gotta close the restaurant." And um, yeah. the and the owner kept pushing it, and he was like, "Nah, more people are gonna come in. More people are gonna come in." And I was like, "No, man. Like, this is odd for a Sunday. Like, we're we're closed. We're like we're gonna close." And um, finally, we all got we all got the memo like, yo, um, as of at 3 p.m. mandatory lockdown. So I felt so bad because so um, the exec chef wasn't there. He was in he was he had taken a trip out to San Diego, and like I was I was kind of I was kind of hurt by it because this is like the the two weeks prior to the shutdown. It's when everybody was starting to get freaked out about you know COVID and and like that's all you ever heard. So um, he was out doing his thing, and I had to call all of the employees and tell them, hey, file for unemployment. The restaurant's closing. And I just kept getting asked the question, so when do we open? And I was like, I don't know either. And um, I, I just felt so bad because, like, um, they wanted us to throw away all the food. And, um, you know. Well, uh, they didn't want you to try and save it? Yeah, they didn't want us to save anything. And, um, I, and like, I'll say this on podcasts. I don't care. They can, like, come for me for this, but. So the owner took off for a bit and I told everybody who was there helping me break down after we did the deep clean. I was like, take rice, take bread, take bagels, take whatever the fuck you need. If you need toilet paper, take that shit. Like, I'm, because yeah. there, it was a scarcity. Like, people were really yeah. hoarding all that shit. So, yeah, like, hoarding toilet paper, dog. That's the stupidest shit. And, like, you didn't, nobody knew what was going on. So, like, yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't going to let all my, these are all my people. Like, I work side by side with all these guys yeah, for, exactly. for, for a year. So I was just like, nah, man, take what you need. Um, nah, what, I've heard so many people just say the same thing. Dog. They're like, nah, just take what you need. Most owners were like, here, take some rice, you know. 
Yeah, I was just like, because we just had abundance of everything. And I was like, I'm not throwing all this shit away. Like, and then they even tried to say like, well, we're going to pass it out to the homeless. And it's like, yo, what about, like, I get it too. You know, I feel for everyone, but it's like. Yeah, well, what about people who work here? Exactly. And, um, yeah, and, the family. and that shit, and like, after the shutdown, like, I kind of, uh, I didn't really get in my head, but I started doing a lot of thinking about the industry. Um just in a whole, because I mean, like, for the last 10 years, I, that's, I've been a, I've been a cook, I've been a chef, and, oh, yeah. all, and all I wanted to do, all I wanted in my life, it, my main goal was to get a beard or a star. That was the main Dude. goal. Like, I didn't want a fucking rising star. I didn't want to ride up an eater. I wanted those two things. That was the goal. And yeah. so, um, so after the shutdowns, I was just like, damn, you know, like, what do I do now? Like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what can I do. Um, and that's when, you know, all this, like, I feel like because everybody was at home doing shit, they got all political and shit. And so I watched a lot of my friends get all politicized, like, just super political. And, like, I, I, I'm all, well, like, mandates and things dude, like that. And, dude, I, yeah. I, seen, I seen chefs who had never, like, like, who live in, like, these white areas, like, and I, and it's it is what it is. They live in these nice areas over here, like trying to be an activist and like trying to talk about um, things that they have no idea about. And I mean, I came yeah. from the hood, and even when I moved out here, I lived in I lived in East LA. I didn't like I didn't stay in no hipster um, gentrified area. Like I was living in East LA in the hood, like where there's like the only food you have are Chinese taco shops. You have a food for less, which is like the downgraded version of H-E-B, which I wish they had out here. <laughs> H-E-B is the shit. Um, H-E-B is the shit. And, um, yeah, I watched all these people just, like, start, like, just getting all weird about just, like, shit. And, um, and you know, I just felt like it's because they were at home and they needed something to talk about and they also didn't want to get canceled or get called a racist. And, um, yeah. it's like... They're jumping I, on bandwagons and memes and, yeah. And it was... I mean, it's still going on now, you know. Oh, I tell all these people shut the fuck up now. I don't care. I've called out big names. I'm, I'm probably 86 from a couple places, but you know what? It's like I'm not gonna support you. Um, your food might be good, but I don't support you as a person because as a person, you're not real. Um, and uh, now, now that everything's somewhat back to normal, um, none of these people even speak on these things anymore um everybody for everybody just forgot and it's like so so it's like you were over here talking about this and that and now since you can get your stars again and like i mean I, i've seen michelin starred restaurants here in la put cauliflower toast nashville hot cauliflower toast on menus and i'm like what the fuck is that like, <laughs> like i've seen like story, dog. it's the story <laughs> there are places there i mean dude there are uh I, I don't even know how to say it. They're like hipsters out here. That's the best word to say. There are hipsters out here selling like six and eight dollar cauliflower tacos. But the the taqueria down the street in the hood are selling, you know, they're doing tortillas a mano for like two to three bucks and they're banging. And, you know, these people were having trouble with like getting permits, getting shut down by police and getting, getting their yeah. shit tossed out. And, you know, I, I just like... When I seen all this shit going on, I just reevaluated everything. I was like, you know what? It's not about the beard anymore. It's not about the star anymore. It's not about write-ups. It's about 
the culture, preserving culture, and you know, cooking is cooking. Um, like people say, like uh, tradition, and yeah. um, I think tra- for me, tradition is like watching your mom cook, watching your grandma cook, and like whether it be like uh, you know mashed potatoes, how your or how your mom made an egg. Like that's what I think traditional cooking is. Is how you like how your family cook, and yeah. I think it's I think it's really exactly. I think it's like really important to um to just preserve all that and to um like not forget where you come from and not to cop out just to make uh just to make some money. Um, so yeah, I I started a pop up called Murdered Out, and um the whole the whole base of it was uh like that's what you're doing now. You're doing the pop ups now. Uh, no, nah, um, so yeah, <laughs> so, uh, I put, I put murdered out on hiatus, um, just because yeah. I, oh man, dude, when I started it, so people were thinking that it had to exactly, it had to do with murder. And I yeah. was like, do y'all not get what the term murdered out means? And, um, the whole reason for it was I didn't want to get labeled and I didn't want to get, you know, subjected to just, oh, he's doing Mexican food. He's doing this. I, it's so you know murdered out means to black something all the way the fuck out and um i i just ran with it and i took i pretty much did things that i wasn't allowed to do in kitchens i wrote menus that you'll never see in a restaurant like i write um my menu items like the dish names will sound like if you're going to a bar and you're reading you're reading a cocktail list um i mean for example i had a dish that was called my ex fucking scares me and um <laughs> like like you know i was just doing little shit like that and um my the artwork that i had going on like people were getting butthurt over it just because like they they started getting vulgar and i'm just like you know what the woman who does <laughs> i was just like the woman who does the work for me has creative freedom i give her an idea and she comes back to me and there's a keyword in that the woman who does my fucking artwork yeah like so people were calling me a sexist and like like all this shit and a rate I've even been called a racist and it's like dude I'm Mexican Puerto Rican what are you talking about <laughs> like how am I a racist like you guys are fucking tripping and um yeah I, I would I would just get a lot of flack I was getting a lot of flack from just people who just didn't understand because like it murdered out was just based off of culture it's based off of my background you know graffiti being from the neighborhood and a kid who actually worked his way up in kitchens and you know, I I know I know classic technique. I know like I I respect tradition, and um, yeah. people were just like I don't know. They I just felt like because they couldn't uh, they couldn't relate to it. Um, it I just yeah I just wasn't it wasn't working out. So um, I decided to put murdered out on hold uh, for a bit because um, even recently um, one of the one of the ads that I had out was um, it was uh, Ralphie from a Christmas story rubbing rubbing on a a woman's coochie but like I, I, I thought it was funny like when, when I got yeah. the, when I got the picture I was like oh man this is awesome and um yeah every place the place where I was gonna do a pop-up at with and I, I showed them that ad they told me no you can't use this and like I was just like you know what I'm not doing this shit anymore yeah I was just like I'm done like like you called me you wanted me to come and work with you like I'm not gonna I'm not I don't work for you like I'm here to do a pop-up and um, yeah, so I put it on hold um, because in September um, I I split up with my baby mom, and um, 
I took, you know, I took the responsibility of, you know, raising a son by myself. Um, she decided to take the easy way out and just, uh, you know, she, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but like I said, it's for, it's for the best. Um, it's, um, it's one of the best jobs I've ever had. And it's one of the greatest feelings to just watch, you know, this being just like grow, watch their, their mechanical yeah. skills just go. And like, you know, man, you have a boy, like, yeah, yeah. are you the dad life? So like, I mean, so, so in September, all this started happening and, um, I'm actually going through, I, I wouldn't even call it a custody battle. Cause I have, I have my boy right now and she hasn't been involved. Um, so I needed a job and, you know, uh, pop-up unfortunately was, it's not sustainable to, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep up with the lifestyle I was living and, um, you know, and just to support my son. So, um, yeah, for, so for the last almost five months now i've been i've been involved in that and um just recently i took a job as an exec sue um at a boutique hotel called uh, chateau marmont and um i mean they're treating me well it's not any bullshit it's straight up french food um Ooh. yeah man it's 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 been a blessing like everything's working out um and at the beginning of this year i decided to uh i decided to drop all the substances um, you know, I was smoking about two ounces of weed a week, um, doing blow, dropping acid, popping Xan. And, um, yeah, at the beginning of this year, I just decided, you know, I need to put all this shit down. Um, I'm just getting too dependent on it. Um, you know, like for, to build an appetite, to go to sleep or to like feel some type of vibe. And and like, you know, that's Mm. never me personally, as an individual, I've never needed any of that stuff to create or like to, you know, to put food on a plate or even like with graffiti, I was always sober when I did graffiti. Um, But, um, you know, and I I just feel great now. Like, you know, it it was hard at first. um, Cause like I said, I was dependent on everything. Like I needed stuff to work. I needed after work. I needed a cigarette. I put down cigarettes too. Like I'm stuck on these stupid, vape pens right now um <laughs> which are really they're really whack but uh i mean hopefully like I'll, I'll get over them soon um and uh yeah man i mean I, slowly but surely you know i'm just working on myself and um and just like trying to you know i disassociated myself from a lot of just like uh people that really weren't moving like i like i just feel like yeah, I mean- if you're gonna try and quit all those things you gotta almost like change who you hang out with almost, yeah you know? and then like i've even been asked the question is like so what are you gonna do on your birthday and i'm just like what do you mean what i'm gonna do on my birthday i'm gonna go to work and i'll probably chew fucking bubble gum like i don't need to <laughs> i don't need to be high i don't need to be on anything yeah. to you know to just like, live my, my life i don't know yeah, hang out with my son you know, there's a lot of things but um yeah man i mean like it's just like uh I feel like one of the things that that doesn't get spoken about um, in the industry is, you know, mental and physical health. Um, it's, yeah, it's, physical for sure. It's a it's a big it's a big thing, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I've I've watched people burn out. I've watched people just like dwindle away, and like, I've watched really talented people just like pretty much give up everything over substance abuse or just because they were just they were working too much and i mean prior to covid i was working almost 80 hours a week and when yeah, i yeah. Get, when i get home i just drop 
<laughs> like just drop wherever I felt wherever I landed, like that's where I fell asleep. Like and like <laughs> I noticed I noticed all those changes in my body, like my attitude was bad. Um and you know, just like it wasn't even just work too. So like I'd work these fourteen hour shifts, get off, go to the bar, and then repeat for six days a week. And then try to sober up for the next week and then it just repeat, repeat, repeat. And um <laughs> No, yeah, man, it's just like it's a, it's a it's a crazy thing, man. Like, um, and I I feel like it it needs to get spoken about a whole lot more because, um, like I said, we're watching like a lot of talented people and a lot of great workers just like, you know, pretty much give up everything to you know not receive anything back. You know, a paycheck is cool, but um, that's one of the. Or they, just get, or they just get out of the industry now too. <laughs> oh man, I have friends that are mailmen who work in the weed business. Like, yeah. it's just like, but for me, like, I couldn't, um, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. You know, like, I love cooking. It's I love food. I love, I love the high, like, the high of being in the kitchen, just like working the line and like going through the rush. Yeah. And I, I love it. There's something about it. It's like a perversion almost. And um, I mean, part of the reason of me getting into the hotel is. Um, they offer benefits. They offer paid time off, um, five day work weeks, and like you know, that's what's needed. Like we, I've never been offered that before. I've never taken the time to just say, you know what, like you, this is what you need to do for yourself. Like it may not be like the food you want to do exactly, but hey, like you're getting taken care of. It like I have medical and dental insurance now. Like I've never been offered that shit before. Yeah. Um, and also too, you know, it's a, like to like I, I I'll keep going back to it. it's for my kid. Like everything, everything I do now is for my kid. I don't um, I I don't make any decisions unless it's like if it's gonna, like it's not about me anymore. Like it's about my kid. I'm my goal is to make sure that he, he grows up to be like better than anything I ever will be, and not live the same lifestyle that I did. And you know, just you know, be just be a good fucking person. And no, um, for sure. And, you know, and, like, it goes back to, like, I'll I'll go back to, like, all the, the political BS, too. Like, um, people are telling me, well, you need to show him this. You need to show him this. And I'm like, no. When he's growing up, I'm going to show him those are kids over there. Those are people over there. Be fucking nice. If you, however you identify, that's on you. Like, I don't, I'm not pushing any narratives on anybody. Just be respectful. Exactly. Be respectful. But everybody thinks like, no, you need to do this. And it's like, not like I dress my kid in all types of colors too. Like a lot of people give me shit for it. And they're just like, why do you do that to him? And I was like, one, he's a fucking baby. And two, I love colors. Like I come from graffiti and a lot of people will see on my plating and my cooking style. It's wild. It's like a wild style. It's like I'm throwing up a piece and like, it's always full of color. So like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just great. It's just, I feel like it just like, uh, it emphasizes a lot of just like energy and like positive energy. And, um, you know, like, um, me being Hispanic, um, a lot of, a lot of people are still stuck in the old school ways where they say like, Oh, that's, uh, that's gay. Or like, he's not a girl. And I'm like, dude, that doesn't fucking matter anymore. Like, and that, that's all part of, you know, the bullshit narrative. And, uh, I'm just working like, I'm working on uh I'm working on different things um and just like not not following all those old school ways and just like be I don't know building my own my own legacy out um 
you. That's what it's about, man. Like, if you're over here just, like, um, just doing whatever other people tell you to do, you're not yourself, you're not living your life, and you start, like, you start getting all jaded and you start getting complacent thinking that, oh, I have to be this way just to, for people to like me. If you don't like me, you don't like me. Fuck you. Like, cool. I don't, <laughs> like, that doesn't matter to me. You don't, like, you not liking me doesn't pay my bills. So, like, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but, um, so, um, but uh, also, so with the pop-up thing, um, I, during the time I was doing pop-ups, um, I, I was working a pop-up and this, this woman comes into the kitchen and she asked me, um, Hey, can I try your sauces? And I was like, yeah. she was a bartender at the place. So I was like, okay, um, go ahead. So I've never been asked that question from a front of house person, right? Like front of yeah. house people, you're just like, what? That's a random ass thing. So she goes and grabs spoons and she starts trying all the sauces. But like when she's trying the sauces, like she's like, okay, okay. And then, um, she hits me up one day and she tells me, Hey, I really love your food. Um, I think uh, we should work on something together. And I was like, you're a bartender. I don't think I'm <laughs> like, what can we work on? And she tells me that she's a chef. So I was like, I got really intrigued. And I was like, who the fuck are you? And um, I've always been, I've always been infatuated with, uh, with Southern food and the Southern hospitality. Um, I, I don't know why I don't, I, I feel like a lot of it comes from like the traditional cooking, like French cooking and, um, mm. and just like, ah, it's just a vibe. So, um, she told me one day that she wants, that she used to work, um, in uh, Mississippi at this place called white pillars. And I looked it up and I was like, Oh shit, she really is a chef. Yeah. And, um, so we, we started chatting a little bit more and, um, we, um, we we're working on a concept right now called bless your heart. Um, and for people who don't know, that's, uh, the passive aggressive way of saying you're a dumbass in, <laughs> in, in, uh, in Southern slang. And, um, you know, like me being me, I was like, Oh, I fucking love that. So, um, yeah. I'm working on that with her right now. Um, and we actually started seeing each other as well, which was random. Like, it's just like, just a weird how fate happens. Um, and I'm actually going to have a pop-up coming up in the, in the next two weeks. Um, and it's going to be a collab with, um, this Chinese kitchen. So it's going to be Southern Chinese, um, working on the menu right now. And like, one of the things out there out there is I'm doing a etouffee bao, which I'm like pretty stoked on and, um, eggplant almondine. So uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Um, about to be, (laughs) about to be 31 soon. Um, and just, uh working working on myself man like i uh I, yeah man like i didn't really want to name drop too many of the too many of the places i've worked at um just no, because no. Good. yeah just because um i mean it's a uh, I, I feel like post covid it's a new um it's just different now um there's no reason to mention any of these people um especially in this day and age um you know cuz i'm i'm building my own legacy i'm working on i'm working on my own thing and uh yeah and and shit's not the same anymore man like it's you can you can feel the vibe definitely of how people are um especially here in LA it's it's different i remember i had a, i took a trip out to texas back in july um to do a pop up at the squeeze box and um 
I remember walking into a Bill Miller's and I had a mask on and everybody was looking at me like I was fucking weird. It's nice. But um, I mean, dude, I love it, man. Like, I love that vibe. I love, I, I just feel like I don't like being told what to do. Um, yeah, and, um, dude, just, look, just leave me alone. You leave yourself alone. Because, I mean, we have so many mandates going on here in L.A. And like. Dude, yeah. How do you think, dude, that you think it's affecting the worker shortage? Yeah, most definitely. And uh, why, and I'll speak on that because um, even recently, just like, so I've, I've never caught COVID. Yeah. I've never, I've never been infected with the virus. People I've been around have never caught COVID, um, and um, so when they started placing all these mandates in order for me to keep my job, I was forced to get vaccinated. Yeah. And um, you know, and I say forced is because like people, people will say, "Well, you're not doing your part. You're, you're whatever, whatever." But it's like, no, nah, man. Yeah, like. I mean, it, the mandates got shut down federally too, you know. So exactly. up to the states now. But out here, I mean, like, so even right now in the hotel, um, because of all the mandates, we have to we have to wait for all the cooks to get vaxxed and boosted just to get their jobs back. So it's, yeah. we're running we're running a super skeleton crew right now. It's myself and two other sous chefs and the chef, and you know we're doing all the prep. We're running the line as well as doing we do tastings thursdays and fridays so that's another side of prep so um i mean robin shortage is here in texas too man like it's everywhere is it do you think it's because of like vaccines and or just i think just people not wanting to work they realize they can make more money for doing easier jobs now for sure i mean that's how it was that's how it was on unemployment People get paid a lot. Like, I, I get paid a lot to be a line cook or a chef or something now, too, you know, but it's still, it's like people get paid the same for doing an easier job. Yeah. And then the mandate, well, if I'm going to do it, I'll just do this job instead. What do you, what do you, like, what are you up to nowadays, though, man? Shit, I'm just working quite a bit nowadays. I do this, like, I help out. I work for this company called Levy. They, they cook it. They contract stadiums. Oh, sick. So, so I work with them here in Texas. And then I work um, doing personal chef gigs. And I, and I try and schedule myself pop-ups. Oh, hell yeah, man. Pretty much what I've been doing. Trucking along and then doing this podcast. <laughs> uh, do, you, are you, do you enjoy what you're doing right now? No, yeah, I love it. You know, I got my son. I got myself. I'm like cooking all the time pretty busy which keeps me out of trouble which is good for me and everybody else who's around me you know oh yeah man staying out of trouble is always a good thing um, busy man like you just see i can't get into trouble at some point (laughs) i remember almost getting a dui in texas just for having an open container in the car which is one of the lamest things ever (laughs) but i mean yeah, man, you know, like, it's like it, it all falls into just like keeping straight and like, you know, moving forward. And, uh, you know, no, exactly. and, like, when you enjoy it more and like still not regress, you know, keep moving forward with what I'm doing. Exactly. Because that, that second you stop doing what you're doing and you stop moving in the path that you're going in, you start 
you start building all these thoughts, your anxiety comes in and you, yeah, you start getting all sporadic and shit. You turn to other things, you know, other vices. Oh yeah, man. The vices. I mean, all the vices. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, like even recently my, my chef had asked me, so if money wasn't an issue, what would you be doing right now? And I was like, I was like, I'll give you the most humblest answer ever. I would rather be at the beach 24 seven with my son sleeping lemonade. That's how I responded to that. And this man looked at me and was just like, yeah, that's why I hired you. Um, Cause I've never heard anybody say anything like that. Like other people were like, Oh, I want to travel and do this and that. But you know, like I'm, I'm just all about my kid, man. Like it's, it's, uh, it's made me a better person, you know, and I'm, I'm still learning how to be a dad. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm still a big kid myself, um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's like, it, I'm still learning how to be a dad. I'm still like, I'm still learning everything, like the ins and outs of everything. Um, and, I, and I thank God for like my family too. My family has been a huge support. Um, oh, dude. Cause like, yeah. I would not be able to do this shit by myself. Um, and you know, I have, I have homies out here that are like, they've been a huge support by letting me stay with them. Um, like through my through my down times and um yeah man like oh shit it's, it's just it's just been a whirlwind man these past 10 years have been super fucking gnarly um i i also remember like getting into a kitchen and like because my first job was at a jack-in-the-box so like so everybody thought everybody thought that i was doing like fast food and shit and i'm like no this is what i'm doing like i have like six hundred dollar like worth of knives and tools in my backpack at all times. Uh, what the hell? Yeah, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's like I'm. I'm actually like this is what I do now, and you know, just and just getting away from everything. Like one this of the is things, what. I do. One of the things I do feel bad about, and I always hold a regret, is um. So when I did leave to go cooking, when I left to Seattle, and Texas and everything, I was gone for all. I think it was about eight years didn't see my Mm -hmm. family didn't see my mom everything was just phone calls um you know and I missed out on funerals I missed out on graduations and you know I I missed out on a lot and you know I hold that regret but you know I just want you know I wanted my family to understand like I was out there just doing my thing I wasn't fucking up and I just I I wanted to come back with something I wanted to you know I wanted to achieve something because I didn't I didn't graduate high school um Mm -hmm. I, I dropped out two weeks before I was going to graduate because um, I didn't stand up for the pledge. So they wanted to expel me. It was this huge, like, stupid shit. Like, now you can do that, and it's not a big deal. But 2009 wasn't happening. Like, like <laughs> yeah, guy, yeah. And um, so, yeah, they were going to expel me. They, they told me, yeah, you can take home classes, but you're not going to walk. And um, I, I've been on my own since I was 16. So, um, I, yeah, I left home when I was 16 and, uh, I was just like, I didn't just put myself through four years to not walk. So yeah, I, I didn't graduate, you know, I didn't go to college. Um, I've just been doing, you know, I've been doing my own thing and, um, I feel like even now, like I'm, I did, a, I'm doing a lot better than a lot of people that did stay in school and who did go to college and who did spend all this time to like what, get a career that they we're going to start off in the lowest tier and still not doing anything, still living at home with mom and dad with huge, like school bills and shit. Um, it's just like, it's a, it's a good feeling. I do feel achieved for a lot of the shit that I do. 
Um, but I, I still want a lot more. Um, you know, like I, I still want to accomplish a lot more. My, I mean, my end game is to eventually like own a cafe. Like people ask me like, what kind of food do you like? What's your favorite food? And people think I'm, I'm playing when I tell them, I'm like, I like sandwiches. Like yeah. I want to do sandwiches and like coffee, like good coffee and just like a chill vibe. I don't want to do all this fancy shit all the time. Um, yeah. Like it's, oh man, it's just been, uh, one, one hell of a ride, man. Like. Uh, I've just been like going and going and going then I can imagine having a son I know how that goes it's fucking motivating as shit was for me it sounds like it is for you oh dude it's, it's, so like one of the things yeah. one of the things um, I also grew up on was was skating so you know yeah, I, yeah. I watched all these guys like growing up watching all these skate videos and um, one of the the spot I was at before the shutdown um a couple of the guys used to come in, like uh, from Baker Skateboards, Deathwish, and uh, I was—I remember seeing them, and I would fan out, and be like, "Oh shit!" Because everybody else, they, like, we used to get a lot of celebrities and shit, and I'm like, "Curse and Stewart, whatever, fucking you, you, you." Like, I don't care about y'all, like, but these fools, like, I fuck with yeah. them, like, like you—they're from the street, and you can't fake—you can't fake the funk, and like, we're all cool to this day now. Like, they show love, they come to pop ups, like. They'll throw me like they'll throw me boards and shit and uh it's and that's I mean that's like that's a good feeling for me like like um just like cooking for people like that um I've never been a I've never been a fanboy really um never really cared for any like celebrity chefs I mean when An Anthony Bourdain might be the only one um and uh Marco Pierre White I probably would fan fan out over him I might get canceled for that too because uh. Because of some of his statements, but you know, it's like you know, like you gotta, you gotta like stop trying to cancel people for like shit that they say and just like people like the old school ways. They're outdated. They don't work anymore. Like all the yelling and hand throwing and shit. Like it was yeah. cool at one point, but it's not. It's not motivating. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that definitely doesn't motivate me. Like, yeah, you know, if you fuck up, you know, you get chewed out. Like, eat it and just like, just say yes, chef, no chef, and that's it. But like the whole like grabbing you by the shirt getting you like getting <laughs> pants thrown at you like yeah, that, yeah. that's that's it's not just dr drama you know mm -hmm. it's like not being able to control yourself or your emotion yeah. yeah man and like um and that's one thing you have to do like even like not even just like in kitchen like just in life is like don't make a decision based off of emotion it's not going to get you anywhere yeah like, stay if, composed man yeah like it's not um it's not a good way to live like you don't like like, I, I know people that get mad over people. Oh, he's looking at me funny. Like, whatever, leave it alone. Is he doing anything to you? Like, oh, he's looking at me funny. Or like, oh, this guy's doing this. Or like, dude, just walk away from it and just like breathe, go do something. Like, I mean, now, like, I'm doing, um, I've been doing a lot of meditation. I've been reading a lot of philosophy books. Um, I don't have any more cookbooks anymore, unfortunately. Um, I'll just call my baby mama La Vida Loca um <laughs> she uh kind of uh destroyed so like i don't have yeah the only thing that i have over the last years are just like my knives but like cookbooks and recipe books and pictures they're, they're all gone well shit I, usually at the end i just ask uh whoever's you know sharing their story and having fun sh uh sharing it 
advice for people? What uh, what do you what would you tell young cooks going up through the industry right now? Fucking cast your own shadow. Cast your own shadow. Cast your own shadow. Yeah, and don't uh don't uh go for the awards. Don't kill yourself over bullshit. That is fucking true. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking. It was good speaking to you, homie. Shit, Likewise, I'm not even man. trying to do this for a minute. <laughs> it's been my fault, man. It's been my fault. <laughs> no, man, I get all caught up with shit. I know we, everybody I always talk to. Where it's busy, you know. Yeah, 